Well, good afternoon, everyone. I hope you can hear me. Uh, Prosper is already here, and I'm sure you can see the gentleman with the spectacles and the T-shirt. Uh, Prosper, please confirm that you can hear me. Yeah, you clearly. Okay, fantastic. Um, so you will not be able to see me. I am the person behind the logo. The machine I'm using does not have a video. But uh, Prosper, I want to thank you once again for agreeing to do this for our community. I know that lots of Zimbabweans uh, who are resident in Zim and some that are not necessarily in Zimbabwe are all very interested in learning about uh, cryptocurrency. So let me start by saying good afternoon to everybody and a special, special welcome to our guest who is a Zimbabwean like us, albeit based in Europe. Uh, he will introduce himself shortly. His name is uh, Prosper Mwedzi. Because we are going to tackle a topic that has many, many interesting dynamics, I am not going to do what I usually do, which is to run us through a poll and then introduce the guest. But we will say uh, we will make use of the usual structure uh, where we hand over to our guest and he will take us through a, perhaps a 40 or 45 minutes of just talking through the what, the why, and the how of cryptocurrency. And then thereafter, we will leave some time, uh, perhaps 30, 35 minutes at the end for us to uh, ask questions. So if you do have questions while we are proceeding, um, you are free to put those questions in the chat so that you don't forget them. But we will also open up uh, for those that may want to raise their hands and ask a few questions. Uh, but perhaps just to check that you are all here and you can hear nice and well, let me quickly treat a few things that most people do complain about when we start. Uh, sometimes people who are using mobile devices forget that you will need uh, to also, uh, you know, uh, connect to where it says uh you know i uh, use audio so please let's not have people in the chat saying i can't hear anything i can't hear when the rest of us are hearing please make sure if you're using an audio device you've gone ahead and connected uh in terms of the uh, you know the audio bit as well so that you can hear this if for some reason your connection is not that good and you should meet a part, uh, miss a part of it not to worry we will be recording as usual and as usual we would also share uh, widely in the provinces, in fact, in the nation, in the provinces, in the districts in the world, we will distribute a recording of this particular uh, show. So, Prosper, I want to thank you. I will not introduce him. He will introduce himself as he gets started. But again, I will say, because I'm admitting people, we are admitting people in the background as we go. If you have any questions, please feel free as we go just to throw those into the chat. Let me say, by way of introduction, one of the most misunderstood things um, I would believe in our markets this day. One of the most, <laughs> Ian is saying they probably didn't give me advice. Please type it in for them, Ian, thank you. Um, and so I would just say one of the most misunderstood, if I may call it asset class, and I know this is very contentious because some will say that it's not an asset class at all, but I will say this in introduction because today I'm not running a poll. Um, I, I have a background in asset management. And when we were taught how to uh, talk about asset allocation, we will talk about four key things. First, we will talk about mm. property, which all of you know about, mm -hmm. right? Everybody will talk about property, uh, which all of us, I'm sure, uh, have heard about as an asset class where you're buying, you know, land, where you're buying buildings. That's one way you can invest your money. I'm sure most of us have heard about it. All right. Uh, try more, if I may ask. Thank you. Uh, and then we've also probably all heard about another asset class that is called shares. I think we've really been pushing on that uh, alongside many other colleagues. Kitisusu Ezaima shares. 
we've had a couple of uh, meetings around this as well. So that's one asset class that many people are aware of, uh, buying into companies that you've not necessarily started, uh, but you are able to uh, put your money in and also make money. And I'm sure many of you have also heard of what we call fixed income investments or very simply the money market. And that's yet another asset allocation or an asset class rather uh, that you can make use of. And then last but not least, you will hear most financial advisors or financial educators are talking about what they call alternative investments. And this really can be anything ranging from biological assets, you know, what we, the more technical term for you hear people talk about uh, uh, things like, um, you know, putting their money in Maround, uh, which uh, the more technical term is investment groups, many other things that people may put their money in, commodities and all those things. And you will find that often when we speak about alternative investments, not many people are comfortable talking about a cryptocurrency. Last but not least, as I say this by way of uh, just introduction, I know that there are lots of people who say, ah, oh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin is... Obviously, you were scammed. And so this is the meetup where you then get an opportunity to learn. And I've asked Prosper to do this in a very simple way. He'll tell us what it is, um, how it works, uh, why you must be interested in it. And perhaps because he's a Zimbabwean, the opportunities that are present for us as Zimbabweans. So I'm going to stop here and immediately hand over because I'm two minutes ahead. I'd say to Prosper, I'll hand over at 10, at 10 past. It's eight past by my time. Prosper, thank you very much once again for agreeing to do this. And please uh, do take the floor for the next 40 to 45 minutes. And as we go, please make sure that you are throwing in your questions in the chat and we would proceed in that way. Over to you, Prosper. Oh, thank you. Uh, I hope you can hear me clearly before I go on a marathon. <laughs> we hear you loud and clear. Thank you. Okay, good. Uh, so, uh, like as already said, my name is Prosper Mwen. Uh I'm based in Southampton uh, in the UK. Um, I work in financial services, so I, I, I'm... Uh, I'm a, I'm a solicitor by profession, so I'm a lawyer who is uh, admitted to practice in England, uh, which has uh, kind of given me a bit more exposure uh, as to what the financial sector is doing in the UK, as well as uh, on a global scale uh, in relation to cryptocurrencies. Um, well, we mainly here, uh, they are referred to as crypto assets. So that probably answers the one of the points which um, I, I think has already been dealt with about whether it's an asset class or not. Uh, it, it's already being treated as an asset class, as a crypto asset. So like digital uh, digital assets. So uh, what, what I will do now today is, uh, you know, in the short time frame which we have, because there's quite a lot to talk about, uh, I've tried to narrow it down to something which can get someone going uh, from having no knowledge at all to being able to uh, interact with the technology and see uh, what benefits you can uh, get from it. So the first thing I think I will have to talk about is to uh, explain what cryptocurrencies generally are. So we, we, we are looking at uh, emerging, it's an emerging market, new emerging technologies. Uh, cryptocurrencies, to be able to understand it, you would have to start with Bitcoin. 
Uh, and when Bitcoin was launched, it was launched through a white paper. So someone somewhere uh, calling themselves Satoshi Nakamoto, they just wrote a white paper uh, during the last recession uh, because they were trying to act as a as a response as a way of solving so that the future uh, in the future there won't be similar situations like what happened in the last recession or at least people will have an option so they wrote a white paper proposing to launch a network uh, which would be decentralized uh, with no government control uh, where people just want to take part uh can take part in the in the ecosystem so they wrote a white paper uh and they uh launched the network uh immediately after that uh and um it, it just developed from there from 2009 until where we are now today with uh a lot of value initially uh it was it was easy to mine uh, because the way Bitcoin was created, uh, they use what is called proof of work. So it means your computer, you download a piece of software, it solves some mathematical calculations, and for doing that, it gets rewarded in Bitcoin. Uh, so that's how it all started. You could do it with your own home computer, uh, simply with an internet connection and downloading the software, you could set up a node so that that's how bitcoin came into existence as this network grew we had more and more people all over the world uh running the software uh and by doing that it became bigger and bigger uh so uh if you understand bitcoin first it becomes easy uh to understand what what is going on in this sector uh because everything else which was developed uh, developed from Bitcoin. Uh, so with Bitcoin, what makes it unique is the point uh, that it uses uh, what is now known as blockchain technology. So it's a distributed digital ledger. Uh, so you, you, you think of um, a ledger which is used to record credits and debits on an account uh, you know, the usual accountant's ledger, which we are accustomed to. Uh, you think about that, but you think ab- about it in a different way. It's a, a, an electronic ledger. Uh, and this ledger, um, is not, uh, you know, it's not one person who is responsible for administering it. Uh, so it gets distributed across the network. Every computer which is hosting a node, uh, stores a piece of information uh, on that ledger, uh, and which makes it also difficult for someone to uh, change what's on the ledger. So they said they, they created this, they distributed the software, uh, they issued 21 million units, or not issued, issued is the wrong word, but they made sure that uh, when more Bitcoins are created through that mining process, which is uh, the computer solving those problems which we're talking, we were talking about. When uh, that happens, it only ends at 21 million coins being created. So uh, anyone had a chance uh, to, to, to take part. You could have taken part in the early days where it would have only costed you electricity uh, to, to, to mine the coins. Uh, but uh, now 
this this software for Bitcoin uh, it's written in a way uh, where it's got on-chain governance. So it regulates how many coins come into circulation every year uh, or every minute. Uh, and as time goes on, fewer and fewer coins are coming into circulation until we reach that 21 million hard cap. After that 21 million, there won't be any more Bitcoins coming into circulation. So all those nodes which are currently operating to secure the ledger, they will be getting paid for confirming the transaction. So um, that's where the hard cap comes in, which is why it's attractive uh, to all these businesses. And that's why it's being uh, likened to gold because um, you, you, you have a limited supply. So it's scarce. It's a scarce mm-hmm. resource because gold, what makes gold uh, valuable is uh, its scarcity. You are looking at the miners who are going to mine the gold and they are not going to wake up one day with um, millions of tons of gold uh, mined in, in one day. So that, that, that's why um, you know, Bitcoin is being seen as uh, something valuable. Uh, as governments print more money, uh, like the U.S. government, 40% of the U.S. dollars uh, in circulation now uh, were created in the past year. Uh, so uh, that, that dilutes the money in circulation. But with the U.S. being a big economy, uh, it may not be as bad, but they are saying 2% every year is the rate of inflation at which uh, money will get devalued. So if you've got billions of money sitting in a bank account, uh, whilst it's sitting in there, it's going to be losing money at the rate of 2%. Uh, and for corporations, we have treasuries with billions, uh, which they don't intend to use now. Uh, they could see a massive dent uh, on their capital, on their money, uh, if they don't do anything about it. So that's why they're allocating part of it uh, into cryptocurrencies. Uh, so basically, that is uh, the, the background uh, about Bitcoin. Uh, and I could go on uh, for a long time uh, on it, but I think that is enough basic information for you to uh, to understand it. So how the other cryptocurrencies then have come onto the market uh, is a bit different to how Bitcoin come into existence. Uh, so we talked about mining, creating new coins uh, by solving complex mathematical problems. Uh, the next cryptocurrencies which came after that, they were a bit more innovative. Uh, they used it as a way of crowdfunding. So you think about it, um, you are just a, a, an individual with no capital. One day you wake up and you think, well, uh, I want to have a mobile phone network uh, to be able to have a more network. So what you do is you write a white paper, you write an idea of how you think you will execute uh, and you broadcast the uh, white paper to the whole world. You distribute it. Everyone reads it or whoever is interested reads it. They see that you have a brilliant idea uh, and it could actually uh, have legs in the future. Uh, they allow you to, you, you, you set up a, a platform where they can buy tokens. So they are pre-mined coins, which you are going to create 
depending on either the, the demand or you you set out in the white paper exactly how many coins you are going to create and how many you are going to sell to the world. So all these other coins which have come into existence, it was through that method. And that's how people got scammed initially uh, through what were called initial coin offerings. So you just give them your money. Uh, you are expecting that they will deliver what they say they will deliver. When the network goes live, uh, you have benefits. You, you can use the network using the coins which they've created. So like in the mobile phone network example I've given, what you say once the network is up and operational, um, I am going to allow you to uh, make phone call either at account or if you so much coins uh, on that, uh, you can make free calls. Uh, so for buying all these coins, uh, if the uh, if that the idea would actually come into fruition. Uh, some of them have actually delivered, uh, which takes me to talk about uh, a cryptocurrency called Ethereum. So uh, with Bitcoin, the market capitalization, which is all the money invested in Bitcoin right now, uh, I think it's gone over dollars. So Everyone in the world have put into Bitcoin $1.2 trillion. That's the total market cap at the moment. Uh, Ethereum is the second biggest cryptocurrency. Uh, I, I don't have the statistics uh, at hand as to how much uh, the market capitalization is, is now, uh, but it's a small fraction of that uh, one, one, $1.2 trillion, uh, because Bitcoin is the more dominant uh, because uh, it's the more trusted technology it's been set up it's been there from the beginning uh it's the the, the establishing um it's this is the established it's the establishing cryptocurrency so it's more popular because of that and also because it's got less coins it's more scarce than ethereum ethereum uh has got i think 115 million tokens in circulation right now uh, if i'm not mistaken um, so uh, if you compare with the uh, 21 million for Bitcoin, you can see how, uh, you know, that can end up with Bitcoin being more valuable than Ethereum uh, because there are too many of them in circulation. Uh, but what Ethereum is, is uh, they describe it as a world computer. Um, it, 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 it's uh, quite unique. It's, 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 it's good technology. What they've done with Ethereum is they issue They've launched the blockchain, so every token, uh, if it if it has a native blockchain, uh, it it will operate under that blockchain. So, for example, you can't send Ethereum tokens to a Bitcoin wallet address because uh, how how the tokens are are kept on the blockchain is through wallets. So you go on the blockchain, you you create a wallet. uh, There are providers out there creating a wallet free, uh, so you don't need there's no cost involved in creating a wallet uh, all this technology is meant to help people in- so if you're if you're getting to use someone to invest for you then you are probably making a big mistake because all these things you can do for yourself 
all you need to do is to uh, find someone who holds because it uses peer to peer. You can meet someone in the street and buy Bitcoin. Uh, whilst you are there on the spot, they send you Bitcoin to your wallet address, which you would have got after uh, downloading uh, the wallet uh, or after registering with an exchange. Uh, so uh, it happens there. And then if you are not walking away with your Bitcoin, then you're probably getting scammed. So you have to be sure because you can see it. The moment I send a transaction uh, on the Bitcoin network, it starts reflecting as uh, confirming in your wallet uh, if I have the correct wallet address. So you, I may walk away and go the moment it says confirming because it's not going to get reversed. Uh, because it's already happened, transactions on uh, these blockchains are irreversible. So once it's done, though it's not arrived, uh, it's going through the process of those computers confirming it uh, as soon as they reach consensus uh, that uh, the transaction has happened, uh, it gets recorded on the blockchain. And that's when you find your transaction showing in your wallet as uh, complete. Uh, so the moment I send to you now, it shows as confirming. If it's showing, if it's showing as confirming, uh, that means you are receiving Bitcoin or whatever cryptocurrency it is. Uh, then uh, it will also show how much of it you are going to receive. Uh, so I was talking about Ethereum, but I had to stray a little bit to explain about these wallet addresses. They are like uh, your bank account number. Uh, they are unique to yourself. Uh, once you create it, every time a wallet is created, it's a unique uh, for that. Uh, but Ethereum to Bitcoin wallet address, for example, because uh, you could lose it uh, because uh, the wallet address, every blockchain has got its own wallet addresses. And most of the time, it will tell you that you are sending an asset to the wrong wallet address. Uh, but sometimes if it doesn't say that, uh, it may go through and you lose uh, your funds. So with Ethereum, uh, Ethereum ne network is very unique and it's a very interesting technology. Uh, they have their what they call smart contracts and um, some D-apps. So with smart contracts, it's like your contract, which your lawyer will write to you, for you, I mean, uh, if you have an agreement with someone, you go, you approach your lawyer, they draft an agreement for you. Uh, they tell you what everyone should do uh, and they can enforce uh, that agreement. Whoever does does not do what they are meant to do according to the agreement, uh, they can get it enforced against them. Uh, so with smart contracts, you are looking at that contract you go to your lawyer for but it's written in code. So that means uh, it, it does what it should do without anyone needing uh, to, 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 to do anything. Uh, as soon as the conditions are met, uh, the smart contract executes. Uh, it's got wider, wider use. Uh, you are looking at, uh, at the moment, I've seen some applications for, uh, say, you have life assurance with a, a company. Uh, it's linked to the registrar general. The moment someone dies and a death certificate is issued, the condition has been met for the insurance company to pay you out. Uh, so whoever the beneficiary is, from the moment the death certificate is issued, uh, the smart contract starts to execute 
and uh, you get a check in the in the post uh, for 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 whatever you were the person who died uh, was covered for. So there are quite clever applications which are coming to it. It's an emerging technology. Uh, which I think will change the world in a in a big way. Uh, it's uh, enabling automation of a lot of things uh, because now from Ethereum, you now have uh, a, a new emerging uh, sort of sector of what are called uh, what is called decentralized finance. So you are looking at an ecosystem where anything you can do using legacy finance you are able to do uh on ethereum blockchain using decentralized finance uh for example uh if you you can go in there you can use a decentralized exchange to trade your coins to swap them from one coin to another uh you can sell your 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 your, your ethereum for another cryptocurrency like chainlink for example uh without having to go through uh, a, a, an intermediary without any without an exchange, the smart contract just does that. There is no swap, uh, and there are people in the ecosystem some who are providing liquidity to make that happen smoothly. Uh, and you also have uh, savings which are happening in there. Uh, you can take loans. You can use Bitcoin as collateral uh, to take uh, a loan in actual dollars. Uh, and so, so long as your value of Bitcoin is still within the uh, limits of uh, of what the collateral should be, uh, you, you you can use that money. So effectively, you could take out uh, a car a car loan now, uh, lock in your Bitcoin as collateral, and if you believe the value of Bitcoin is going to go up uh, as the value goes up, if it goes up hundred percent, your collateral is a freed up uh, and uh, you know, you, 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 you get the car and your collateral is back as well. So it's kind of like that. Uh, it, it's a very, very clever and it's ahead of, well, it's light years ahead of regulation. Um, so th- those are the kind of things you are looking at. So when people talk about, uh, cryptocurrencies having no value, uh, they probably don't understand where the value is coming from because if you look at Ethereum, there are thousands. I would say probably 80% of the cryptocurrencies in circulation right now, and we are looking at around 8,000. Uh, 80% of them are issued on Ethereum. They pay network fees uh, to the Ethereum blockchain. So all, all the node, the couple worst nodes for Ethereum, they get paid for doing that. Uh, when people send Ethereum tokens up and down, uh, the, the Ethereum blockchain. So it's a, it's a huge ecosystem, which now involves, uh, centralized exchanges. You've got lending services. You've got, um, uh, you've got stable coins in the middle of that as well. So if you think the market is moving, uh, too, it's too volatile, you can move out of, uh, a volatile cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and buy, uh, Tether, for example, or USDC. Uh, so stable coins are pegged to, uh, either commodities or to dollars, but, uh, US Tether is the biggest one in the market. Uh, and it's pegged to actual U.S. dollars. Uh, there have been controversy about their reserves, but uh, at the moment it seems like uh, it's now there to stay. Uh, it's not going to go anywhere. So you could use those stable coins 
uh, in a market like ours in Zimbabwe, that means you can preserve the value of your, uh, your, 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 your money. Because if you are holding a stable coin, it's as good as holding US dollars and it makes it easy as well. No one is keeping it for you. You keep the money for yourself in your own wallet. Uh, so, uh, now, um, I will talk about the global trends because most people worry about, uh, rug pulls. Uh, most people want to refer them as rug pulls where someone just wake up one day and they've disappeared with your money. Uh, it's now becoming a well-established um, system with the banking sector in many jurisdictions. Uh, I mean, in many jurisdictions, starting to integrate cryptocurrencies into uh, their their systems. Like in the US, for example, uh, they've started to give bank licenses to cryptocurrency companies. Uh, like uh, uh, there's Kraken Exchange, which was the first cryptocurrency exchange uh, to be given a banking license in Wyoming. So there are now a lot of those kind of companies with ba- full banking licenses and uh, with Bitcoin being regarded as a commodity in America, uh, it, it's well established and supported now. Uh, even um, Coinbase is about to list to become uh, a, a publicly traded company. So uh, I, I wouldn't see this section, this sector just disappearing, but there are a few things you have to worry about uh, if you want to invest in cryptocurrencies. Uh, some of them are, are total garbage. Uh, you could buy some tokens which are worthless because creating a cryptocurrency uh, is easy. Uh, I could create a coin for you in the next five minutes and I could get it on an exchange and it could trade on an exchange right now uh, and I could make millions from it because that's how easy it is uh, to create a coin. Uh, What is important is not the coin. Uh, It's about the technology behind it. So when you are investing in cryptocurrencies, you need to understand what is it that the, the, the technology is doing, uh, which, could, um, which could become big in the future. Uh, so you are looking at its future, uh, whether it will likely gain traction and adoption, because what drives the value is use of it. If more people buy it and use it, uh, then you are likely to uh, it's likely to grow uh, in the future. Uh, like Ethereum, for example, uh, it has a, a, a lot of, uh, you know, good future prospects because um, the, the, the system uh, in Canada, they now have exchange-traded funds for Ethereum and Bitcoin. Uh, so the prospects are really, really good and it's being used now by businesses to do different, uh, different things. So uh, that... So what you need, I will now tell you what you need to start in crypto. So the first thing you need to do would be to register with an exchange. Uh, Exchanges are simply intermediaries. It's a market. They give you a venue where you can go and you can buy and sell uh, your cryptocurrencies from there. Uh, But the challenge in Zimbabwe at the moment is that uh, onboarding onto those exchanges uh, is a big problem because uh, to be able to buy, you need to some, some cryptocurrency you have already or you you need to use a bank card. I understand Kraken Exchange 
uh, at the moment is one of the best places where you can trade in Zimbabwe. Uh, you can use bank cards there uh, to buy cryptocurrency. Uh, when you want to cash out, uh, that's where the main issue is. So you either have to either go to South Africa and sell your crypto on an exchange in South Africa, or you look for someone in Zimbabwe who wants to buy the crypto you are holding. And uh, it's quite easy to move from one crypto to another, because if you go on an exchange, you can simply exchange from Bitcoin to Ethereum or Ethereum to uh, Chainlink or to any other crypto you may want to change into or into even in a stable coin. If you don't want to lose money, you can exchange into a stable coin. Um, so how you research cryptocurrencies? Yeah, so you go on an exchange, you register with an exchange, you create a wallet or you can choose to use self-custody wallets where you are responsible for everything. That's what they call it. So you can put the wallet software onto a mobile phone and uh, you, you, you load your wallet with crypto. Some wallets have got functionality for buying crypto from the wallet and you have full control of your wallet as well. Uh, such an example like a trust wallet uh, but I'm not sure whether the cards, the bank cards in Zimbabwe can work in the trust wallet. Uh, but I know for definite, I've had that uh, Kraken, you can buy crypto using a bank card, uh, an international, well, a 3D card, uh, we, we, which supports payments uh, outside Zimbabwe. Uh, and uh, so the other thing, one other source of information you need to have, uh, this one is a definite you should have, uh, it's coinmarketcap.com. Uh, you go on there, you download the app or you use the web, um, the web service. You can search any cryptocurrency there. Nine out of 10 times the cryptocurrencies which are on there are projects which are already in existence and they give you all the data of how much of it is in circulation and all that. Um, so, uh, you, you just have to go on there and you, you, you check out, play around with it. You can check Bitcoin. If you put in Bitcoin there, it gives you all the data you need to know about Bitcoin. It does the same for Ethereum. It does the same for every coin. So you know when it went into circulation, it gives you the charts of what its lowest value was and what its highest value was. So it's quite good. Uh, it gives you all the tools you need to be, to, to get started in crypto. Uh, but uh, there are many other apps as well, uh, which you can use. But the problem with mainly Zimbabwe is that uh, we are geo-blocked from most of these platforms as a whole country, so you can't access them. But there are some few ones which you can access, uh, and if you are using a VPN, uh, you can get around uh, doing that. Uh, and then I think... Uh, mainly I've talked about, uh, I've tried to cover everything. There's a lot here to cover. Uh, but, um, if anyone has any questions, I'm on Twitter. I'm able to, uh, to help whoever wants any help. Uh, but I think I will, uh, hand over now back to the host. Thank you. Thank you very much, Prosper. I must admit that ever since we started this meetup, you're the only person who's kept to time. <laughs> So uh, he's as precise as a Satoshi. Uh, Satoshi is a okay. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you ever so much. And I think that that does very well for us because we do have a number of questions and uh, comments. I see that a couple of 
uh, colleagues here have also been helpful with the information. I do highly recommend that you just go through the chat as an individual while we're doing this. So let's try and treat these in the order they came. Um, I think I remember some years back when there was that whole thing about, it's not about Bitcoin, it's about the blockchain. People were pushing how the most important bit is the technology of blockchain, which of course is very important. Uh, we can use it as timestamps. So um, I was just going to make a joke around that to say we'll use the timestamps um, that are in the chat to treat the questions that we have here. So the very first one, uh, Prosper is coming from one Ian Mangwa, where he's asking, where do cryptocurrencies derive their value from? Well, that, that is a question, I think, which is bugging the financial world. Well, it's been bugging them for a long time. When Bitcoin rose to uh, 20,000 uh, in 2017, everyone was shocked. And uh, most people still don't understand where that is from. Uh, but like I've explained earlier on, one of the uh, key aspects which makes Bitcoin valuable uh, is the security of the network. Uh, where you keep the cryptocurrency on uh, and also the fact that you, you, you the coins were created through mining. So initially they were valued through uh, how much electrical power you need to use in order to mine the coin. Uh, but uh, now because as, as the business world uh, jump on to this, uh, it's now more valuable because people are putting actual money in there so there's a lot of money involved in this now. Uh, we are looking at companies like Tesla, who have one and a half billion dollars invested in Bitcoin. Uh, the network is secure. Uh, cryptography is a concept which uh, you know has become uh, an important, a really important part of uh, the financial world right now. It's being adopted everywhere. Uh, for different uses. You've got the banking sector supporting it now. So it's like gold, if you think about it. Uh, why? Well, how do we value gold? Uh, it's used for uh, and all that, but mainly what we should do of gold. Uh, uh, but if you were to think about it in terms of point, that point that, you know, you, you, you are, it's scarce, uh, it's limited to 21 million of supply. So if we, if we wanted, we could all have one Bitcoin in the whole world because there's they supply. So that same idea of gold being scarce uh, is what makes uh, Bitcoin uh, valuable as well because it's scarce. We know uh, the code has been inspected. Uh, all the technical specialists are in agreement that when it reaches 21 million, there won't be any more Bitcoin mined. Uh, at the moment, it's just above 18 million. Uh, we think, uh, I think it's 2045 when the last Bitcoin will get mined, uh, as, as, as governments print money, uh, money will keep becoming less and less valuable. If you see the chart of the British pound, for example, against the US dollar, you'll see that it's been dropping in value all these years. Uh, and it will carry on because fiat currencies, the money we use now is not backed by anything. Uh, it's simply backed by the faith we have in our governments uh, in terms of them not debasing them. Uh, but when they print money, like what happened in Zimbabwe, you know, everyone knows what happened uh, when, when the printer went on overdrive. 
uh, high inflation, uh, but Bitcoin, it's not like that. They won't be the inflation in Bitcoin at the moment is low, and at some point it will be uh, cleared to zero. So that's, I believe, that's what makes Bitcoin more valuable. All right. Uh, thank you for that. I will move on to the next question, which was from Tawanda, uh, MD of Nemari Technologies. Well, we are married podcast, so we are obviously uh, cousins and brothers or cousins sisters with your company. But that said, his question is, what platforms are safe for buying crypto? Because there are many platforms, but it's a hassle to buy it in contrast to transferring. Any thoughts on that? Um, I think Kraken Exchange is a good platform. They have a banking license in the US. Uh, they are now a bank. So uh, you know that uh, the protection which uh, the banking sector in the U.S. provides to Americans, uh, you benefit from the same protection because they can't do what they want with uh, with your funds. Uh, there is also um, Binance, but Binance, you're blocked to Zimbabwe. Uh, but for those based in South Africa, uh, you can trade on Binance. It's a very good exchange. Um, uh, it may have some issues here and there, but a lot of currencies, uh, there are pairs for the RAND on there. You can send funds from your bank account in South Africa into Binance, uh, and you can withdraw as well your money when you sell. So, uh, and, and it's got good liquidity. Uh, when you press an order to sell, uh, you know you are, you know that there will always be someone on the other side who wants to buy if uh, you, you 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 use the order book because it, it operates with an order book. So Binance is good. Uh, there's also KuCoin. I think it's based in Singapore. Uh, that one is a good one as well, uh, but not as great as Binance. Uh, Coinbase for those uh, based in other parts of the world like in Europe uh, you can use Coinbase uh, or, or Binance as well uh, and uh, there is also Crypto.com uh, there are quite, quite quite a few uh, platforms you can use but from Zimbabwe the choices are a bit limited. The best way to buy Bitcoin would be through platforms like Paxful uh, where you do it's peer to peer. I think there's Echo Cash on there. The last time I had, uh, and there are other other different platforms as well. Like, well, peer to peer is the best way. You could meet someone in the in the street and buy Bitcoin from them by paying them in cash. Uh, the transaction happens there on the spot. So if if it's an instant transaction, that is good. You're not gonna lose money. You're not gonna get scammed. Uh, because there are so many scams. If someone is telling you, give us your money, we'll invest it for you in Bitcoin, and you are going to be guaranteed to get a return uh, of a certain amount every week, you are likely getting scammed because it's it's difficult to guarantee someone a return. You need to understand where their money is coming from. But those platforms mainly I've mentioned, uh, they, they work well. I think there's Huobi as well. Uh, but that is based in China. I'm not very sure, but uh, it was in South Korea. They've moved out of South Korea recently. So uh, th- those are just a few platforms. There's also Uniswap, uh, but with Uniswap, uh, it's a decentralized protocol. You need to hold something uh, already, which you are trying to swap. 
so if you're swapping from one coin to another, but I must caution that uh, Uniswap is quite expensive to use. I think it costs around $300 or something like that to do a, a swap. Most people who go there are looking for new emerging coins, which will increase in value 100x. Uh, so they, they, it's people who are chasing uh, bigger gains who normally use those kind of platforms. Okay, fabulous. Uh, just perhaps a, a quick addition to what you said, Prof. I think uh, just for people who are maybe based in Zimbabwe, because I noticed from the questions that a couple of people are repeating the same one and asking for specifics. Uh, if you are using Kraken, which I will uh, happily share that I also use uh, myself, you are able to make use of a 3D card like he in, uh, did in FAIR in his presentation. And I know the ones that I know certainly people have used with absolutely no issues uh, include the Stuart Bank uh, uh, Mastercard of his, I'm not sure which one it is, uh, FBC as well. And then last but not least, uh, the NMB uh, 3D um, card. Um, Stand the card is 3D enabled, but unfortunately, their anti money laundering rules do not allow you to purchase. Um, uh, cryptocurrency so that if you have a stand with card it, it may not work moving on the next question we have a to z here asking or az rather what is a white paper uh, a white paper is just basically uh you know it's like a, a proposal uh you you write it yourself you simply say uh i'm going to do this it's you you are telling people your idea and the concept that it's been popularized by bitcoin because when bitcoin launched uh satoshi wrote and uh distributed a white paper so every other section or all the other cryptocurrencies which have followed they've uh adopted the same uh concept of a white paper you just set out your idea, which has all the specifics, how many coins you are issuing. So it's a good resource to start from if you want to uh, invest in a project. When you do your research, you want to check out the white paper and know how many tokens are they issuing uh, and who is going to hold most of the tokens because uh, you could get uh, the project uh, you know, uh, advisors and project uh, founders holding 90% of the coins and the public have only 10% straight away. That is a red flag to say, well, uh, why do we have only 10%? And also it increases the risk that they will sell their 90% and uh, it will tank the market uh, because they haven't bought the coins. They are simply getting them because they are project founders. So that's what the white paper does. It sets out all that information. Uh, and if you check the website, usually for a project, it would have the white paper uh, on the on the website. And also coinmarketcap.com. Uh, if you scroll to the bottom of, if you open, like, for example, if you put in Bitcoin, go to the bottom of uh, the page, it will give you the links it will give you information on all the exchanges where Bitcoin is traded and how the liquidity they have. Uh, and also the white paper, there will be a link of the white paper on there. So CoinMarketCap, 
your best place to start from. You get all the information about the project. If you are starting on a snapshot, you want to just quickly find out what they are doing. There's a summary which is nicely done there, which tells you what the project is doing, how many coins they have. Then you check the market statistics, how much the market capitalization is, how many coins are in circulation right now, and what's the hard cap of the tokens which will ever be in circulation. So it's it's a fantastic resource. I think everyone should use it. Thank you. I must say that I have also uh, started using it when you drew my attention to it. Very valuable. Uh, and this juncture, I also wanted just to add, I think as Zimbabweans, I've understood that we seem to pride ourselves in being literate, uh, which basically is the ability to, to read and write. And so let us also normalize uh, reading, my dear fellow citizens. <laughs> um, I see many arguments happening on uh, social media, which personally I'm no longer attending even when invited, because I realize that it's very difficult to have some of these discussions if you do not read. And perhaps just to uh, raise something, uh, Prof, while we're here, because a lot of our community are people who are fairly comfortable with uh, shares. Just so that you have an understanding, I think one of the easy ways to draw parallels is when a company is going to go public or to be listed, they normally have what is called an IPO, uh, an initial public offering. You could somewhat draw parallels between that and an initial coin offering. So the white paper could in a way be equated uh, to what we call um, the prospectus, which is what a, a company that is about to be listed would ordinarily put up. They're basically just talking to you and telling you what they're about uh, and what they're going to be doing. And I think it's very important that we normalize reading uh, so that we do away with that Zimbabwean idea of uh, let's not work on, on just rumors, but let's have an understanding of the things we are putting our monies to. Um, perhaps just also to quickly highlight for the prior question, I see some uh, really great engagements going in, in the chat, and I must encourage this. Uh, we exist as an early podcast just to help you to make sound financial decisions. And this is why we bring together different people into our community so that we can ask them anything. Uh, I see Mkomawangu Mavis Mangwana is shared there that the bank ABC prepaid visa card also works for Kraken. And a quick note there, just choose email for 3D authentication instead of the mobile number. So I love it when people share things. Tite uh, Maritese. Then we are all okay. Um, so bank transfer, uh, but I am a good colleague also in the financial uh, education trenches. We normally call him Mr. Piggy. He's saying that you can also... No, no, okay, sorry. Let me just leave that. I'll come to it. I'm realizing I did it wrong. Let me move on, uh, Prof, to the next one while I just uh, relook what Tatenda, or rather what Abatana had written there. A follow-up question to where cryptocurrencies obtain value from. Do you think there will be a bubble burst of cryptocurrencies? That's Coach TC asking. What are your thoughts? Well, I think it, now it's a case of what which cryptocurrency you are looking at. Uh, some of them are definitely in a bubble. Uh, we are looking at uh, the emerging of NFTs, uh, non-fungible tokens. Uh, people are buying them in a craze, uh, but you know they they are not as uh, scarce as they say they are. Uh, it's it's an area definitely in a bubble, uh, and eventually it will burst. Uh, but if you look at uh, cryptocurrencies like Ethereum uh, and even Bitcoin, I don't think Bitcoin now is in a bubble. I think Bitcoin, actually, people are realizing uh, what value it has. Uh, they are realizing the value in it, uh, which is why corporations are now starting to put uh, allocate part of their treasuries in it. Uh, they are seeing uh, that, you know, it, it is sound technology uh, and it is the future where the future uh, is headed so um if you are buying other other tokens like 
this this year definitely i think altcoins have seen some ridiculous increases i've seen some coins which have gone up uh as high as three four thousand percent in a method in a matter of a few months so you you have to be careful with those because if you are buying uh you are you're most likely going to buy the top because as bitcoin goes up in value uh the small coins also follow up and some of them uh they are not they don't have any any good fundamentals on them uh especially defi at the moment it's 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 seen a massive explosion i think decent and nfts uh there might be a bubble there but with bitcoin i i doubt that uh we 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 have a bubble going on there it's simply a reflection of the network effects uh and uh, and you know the the adoption which is coming through the door because it started with individuals like you and me now you are having corporations with a lot of money as they put their money in uh the market is going to go up in value uh and I, i though it may not go straight up uh it may go down you get some dips here and there uh but generally i think the trajectory for for bitcoin can only be up if uh the adoption carries on uh as we are seeing now i will be sure at the end i prof to ask you what your personal uh, target price for bitcoin will be but let me just hold that thought and uh, move on um i think you did say when you were doing your presentation that you could not recall offhand what the market cap for ethereum was and uh, my other my podcast partner Tatenda was gracious enough to quickly look it up i think market cap currently sitting at about or currently sitting at about 192 billion united states dollars that is not small money um and moving on wilfred here is asking there are people offering to trade on behalf of others can get your initial investment in 30 days is this genuine or is this genuine um and i'm sure you've treated that but let me also just uh, quickly uh, swallow up that or rather let me collapse that with fungai's question around how can you easily spot a scam or a scammer to avoid being caught so perhaps some thoughts around uh doing things and scammers well you usually if someone is promising you something which is too good to be true and you are not going to be the custodian uh you there's a risk there that you could be about to get scammed because you see the whole philosophy about uh cryptocurrencies is about decentralization and disintermediation so you are trying to take out middlemen from the game you are supposed to have direct access to the market yourself uh, though we can't run away from intermediaries like exchanges uh but so long as it's a well established exchange with high trading volumes you can check this on coin market cap as well because it shows you what volumes are being traded on different exchanges uh and my biggest advice i give to people all the time is you need to have custody of your coins uh that is the best way if you use a self custody wallet uh the downside is you have your private keys because the wallet is protected by cryptography you've got your private key and your public key you use your public key to receive funds in your wallet you use your private keys to move funds from your wallet so whoever has the private keys uh it's ownership if you have the private keys you are in control you own the asset so you only can move it with that private key 
when someone gives you another public address to send to. So uh, the emphasis can't be, uh, you know, I can't overemphasize on this point. Uh, if you are not in control of your cryptocurrency, even exchanges, they carry a, a risk that you could lose your assets because if they get hacked uh, and they are not uh, financially sound, that means they are not going to be able to compensate everyone who had coins on the exchange. Things have got a bit difficult for hackers to then sell the cryptocurrency after hacking in recent years. Uh, but in, in, in 2017, 2018, I think the biggest um, hacks where funds have been lost ever recorded in history of money is in cryptocurrencies now. Uh, because the, the people, once it's left the exchange, uh, it's difficult to track it down. Uh, though you can blacklist that wallet address from selling on different exchanges, uh, or you can, you can seize the funds as soon as they come into an exchange, uh, but you are relying on someone else, uh, then acting on it and doing it for you. Uh, so the best way is to keep your cryptocurrency in a self-custody wallet. You have control of your private keys. You do everything for yourself. You can lock it away. Uh, you can even use hardware wallets if you want, uh, because the hardware wallets are like a USB stick. You send your crypto on your wallet, uh, on your USB stick. You keep it offline. You store it away, lock it away. It's nothing is going to happen to it. You only take it out onto an exchange if you are intending to sell and cash out. Lovely. I think you, you actually then went into something I was about to ask around where should we then keep uh, our, our coins once we have them. Um, but just to move on, just to move on, uh, because we still have maybe another six or so questions to eat, but we are doing, we are doing really great um, for time. Uh, there was a question in here, what's the relationship between NFTs and cryptocurrencies? But I see that one is taken. Let me, just allow me to see it uh, here. I can just ask Tatenda to continue to set it for me. Zedia, Zedia, Zedia. Sorry, can you come again? Okay, thank you very much. I was just waiting for that uh, feedback to go because we are recording. We'll have to edit it out. All right, I hope you can still hear me. Yeah, I heard about NFTs, uh, and I'll quickly run through this. Uh, NFTs is the, the new area which is being carved out of uh, the cryptocurrencies uh, area. Uh, it relies on the same blockchain technology. Uh, the what what the selling point for it uh, at the moment? People are just being told, well, it's uh, a scarce asset, uh, but the scarcity depends on who has created it. Uh, it can't be scarce if I wake up and I just say, oh, I'm issuing 100 NFTs of uh, an image from Mickey Mouse. Uh, I, I, I can't see the value in that. Uh, it's the same thing with uh, people issuing NFTs for tweets, like what Jack Dorsey has done. Uh, but I think it's a part of a big campaign of awareness to bring awareness to people and uh, you know, this area of NFTs because they are also venturing into business in that sector using artists. They, they are valuable depending on, uh, what it is. 
as an example, if an artist issues their music album as an FT, NFT, uh, there are benefits there because it means you can't copy it, you can't do anything with it unless you have the original version of it, which has been issued as an NFT. So that's what creates its uniqueness. It's depending on where the source is. If, for example, you have uh, like a, a, a famous artist who draws and they create this famous uh, creation which then, then gets converted in an NFT, it's still unique because it's uh, a, an artist who is well-known, who has uh, a big, who has a reputation and their works are valued because of their reputation. Uh, so it, it, it's coming out of cryptocurrencies. It can be very useful for the arts industry, especially uh, if you are someone producing content and you are afraid of or you are losing money through uh, you are losing money through piracy. Uh, you, you, if you issue an NFT, you get around that problem because someone is not going to recreate it because it's only got one source where it's come from. So it can be useful in that way. Uh, but uh, what is happening now is that you know anyone is just creating an NFT and uh, that doesn't make it any 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 scarce because anyone can do it. So that's the, that's the main link with cryptocurrencies. It's using the same blockchain technology, uh, and um, yeah, people are just going crazy and just buying NFTs. I can see that one of your kids is really enjoying the, the presentation around uh, NFTs, and they're just. Yeah. No, so, so not not a problem. I think I'd, I'd actually say first of all when we had our pre-meeting um, that uh, I was I spent the week in meetings with uh, people that are parents, so we understand when <laughs> these things happen. Now, now that you're back, prosper. Uh, yeah. So I, was about to just, I was just about to say, just bring the child so that they can just say hi to us. Uh, then they'll be satisfied. It normally works with my four-year-old. Uh, but I wanted just to, to weigh in and uh, I just tell you something that from the crypto derivative group here, uh, people are saying, you told us that you had sold all your children for altcoins. Whose children are those behind you? <laughs> well, I, I had to get them back uh, when tanked. I see. You bought them back for NPX, as I, I imagine. Now, let's move on. Um, so, uh, Batanai, thank you. Batanai had shared that SpectroCoin, and I'm not aware of this one myself, so that's really good, is another one that Zimbabweans can use. Is put it in the chat there. It accepts bank transfers. You could always look it up. Uh, SpectroCoin. We'll try and curate all of these links and put them on our uh, podcast link. Um, and they, it's basically a bank transfer from Nostro account, so you need to open a Nostro account with your bank. Thank you, uh, Mr. Piki, for sharing that. And uh, moving on to the next few questions. I know um, SpectroCoin as well. Oh, you do uh, know it here. Please do say uh, something about it. I didn't know you could use it from Zimbabwe's new news to me as well. <laughs> awesome. So it's, it's really great when we share together like this because the idea is for all of us to drive Lamborghinis of different colors. So let me, let me move on to the next few questions. Um, someone is asking here, given the price of Bitcoin at the moment, is it possible to buy part of a Bitcoin, say for 300 United States dollars, or I'll have to go for the altcoins? <laughs> You, you can buy a fraction of Bitcoin because Bitcoin is divided into Satoshis. So you can buy a small, small fraction of Bitcoin, I think, for as low as, uh, I think, one, one cent. Uh, but the economics of it uh, is probably what makes it uh, less, less attractive. Because, for example, if you have $300, 
uh, you mentioned NPXS, which is Pundix. Uh, they are making terminals uh, for paying using crypto. They are blockchain terminals, which are just as good as the Visa card terminal where you go in the shop, you put a card in and you pay. Uh, but they have those which are connected on the blockchain. Uh, so if you think about it, NPXS, they are cryptocurrency which is used in those terminals uh, to get discounts. It's valued at, uh, I think it's still under, is, is it under a, under a cent at the moment? I, I can't be sure now about the value, but if you're in it for the future, uh, you are going to realize higher returns on your capital than if you are to put it into Bitcoin because uh, this is, some of them, uh, they still have a potential to go up maybe 10 times their current value now in a space of maybe six months. But what are the chances Bitcoin will still go up 10 times in the coming six months? Uh, that is very unlikely in my opinion, uh, though I think the prospects in the longer term are good. Uh, it's not going to go up as fast. So the idea is because if you put in 300 and buy if a small fraction of a Bitcoin, if Bitcoin goes up 50%, uh, you would have uh, realized uh, $150. But if uh, a small coin is uh, NPXS, as an example, I'm not saying go and buy NPXS now, but as an example, if it goes up 10 times, your 300 is going to be turned into 3,000. Uh, on Bitcoin, you would have only got uh, you know, an extra 150 so it's about looking at the tokenomics and the economics to see uh, whether this still has prospects of going a little bit higher or not. Uh, like now, Ethereum is on, I think it, this morning it was trading around $1,700. Uh, you can still buy one Ethereum coin. Uh, it's still, uh, it's it's a lot of money, uh, but the upside is still probably better than bitcoin well by the way ethereum outperformed bitcoin in the last year uh, it rose from around a low of 89 dollars to the current over 1700 so it massively outperformed bitcoin uh, and i think it will also outperform bitcoin in this current year because there are a lot of up upgrades which are coming up uh, to make it more scalable so uh, you you have to look at things like that uh, if you are buying one coin of Ethereum and you are putting the same 1,700 into Bitcoin, you buy a small fraction of Bitcoin, uh, you are not going to realize as high gains as you would if you were in Ethereum. Uh, that is my opinion. But you can buy a small... All right, thank you. I think uh, that's fairly clear. And I was going to say, I think that was a really brilliant intervention there around the economics. Um, that's one of the things personally I've learned, you know, over time. Um, you can participate with very little money, but you must think about where you will get. Uh, you did throw out a bit of a technical-ish term when you were saying um, uh, 10x and 2x. Uh, basically, please just explain that. Is that a multiplier? What is it? Basically, people in crypto always talk about Xs. Uh, 10x, you are saying the value, current value has increased 10 times from what it is. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a strange thing. Uh, it sounds too good to be true, 
which is what I was saying before that if someone is saying they would do it for you, it probably is, uh, you know, uh, not not true. So so what you need to do is um, if you buy and some of them can go as high as 100x. I've seen 100x coins where you've put in 1,000. Uh, it multiplies 100 times in a very short space of time. But catching those is difficult. And for me, I think most of those, it's not like investing. You are gambling because you you are just thinking, oh, well, maybe this is going to 100x, so I'm just going to put my money in it. Uh, but if you invest based on uh, knowledge, based on the fundamentals of the project you are looking at, uh, you are likely to not lose your money. Um, I've got a knock. I've got a knock at the moment. Um, Just two minutes. Please go and take the knock. Uh, Please do do that. Uh, We'll continue when you return. Uh, Perhaps while Prosper is just uh, treating the knock on the door, and let's hope he's not getting arrested or anything. I, I would just want to sort of uh, share around a few things that people have asked around uh, that are specific to Zimbabwe. Um, so some people are asking, as a layperson with any background, so I was really going to the last question, where do I start and where do I go in Zim? I noticed that the person who's asking may perhaps come in a little late. Uh, I think what is important, like he's already said, is to uh, just start by you know, uh, getting onto an exchange, and I, I found it personally very, very valuable uh, to participate in groups or in communities where there are people who are a bit more sophisticated than you, who spent more time. Um, one of the things I've enjoyed, particularly this first quarter of this year, is just uh, learning the lingo or the language that is in the crypto community. I think some of the more world's most fantastic memes are shared within crypto communities. Um, there are people to cry with when things go down. There are people to rejoice with. And I've used the rocket um uh what's this called i think the, the rocket um what do you call that little thing you put on social media but then i've forgotten you know those little images i've used that many many times uh this year so chris is asking please share the groups you're in well as my podcast we do have our various groups and i would highly encourage that you follow us on twitter at my podcast zw you will find on the tweet pinned tweet there is a link to the telegram uh, group you can get in there. There are quite a number of people um, who are in that community, uh, you know, the Benics of this world who know what they are talking about, who are continually helping us along and, and sharing things that we can be able to learn from and, and do. So in there, you can ask questions. There's always a taker. There's always someone who's able to help you. Uh, there are people sharing content. It would really help. Uh, you can just find on Telegram, my podcast, if you have any questions around this uh, you know, particular event afterwards, links, etc. We'll put it all in there. Uh, so that's a start. And then in need, we can then point you in the direction of uh, several other groups where you're learning. Uh, personally, I'm part of one of the groups where Prosper is in, which is called Crypto Derivatives. Half the things go over my head, but I will tell you this. Uh, and this is uh, something I picked up, you know, in one of the one of those groups. There's this concept of what is called shilling, which I'll ask Prosper to do at the end as well, uh, to talk to you, basically just selling to you uh, an idea of a particular altcoin or other coin that people want you to buy. Um, and I think it would be really nice, Prosper, if you tell us uh, around that uh, somewhere towards the end. I will come with this particular question at the end uh, so that we also learn uh, because someone had asked a question related to that. Perhaps actually let me do that now uh, because someone is asking, uh, what factors do I consider in trying to predict if the crypto price is likely to go up or down? Um, are there cycles to it? Are they, does news drive everything? What, what, what exactly happens? If someone is trying to uh, sell to us a particular coin, how do I know whether this person is uh, truly wanting to make us money or they're wanting to create a demand so that we get in while they get out. Thoughts? 
Well, um, mainly what you are looking at is uh, what the technology behind that cryptocurrency is doing. Because you see, most of these coins, they are not uh, just existing uh, independent of something happening. Uh, They are used for something. Uh, I will give you an example of one of the uh, coins, I think, in the market with the strongest fundamentals. Uh, and I, I, I picked this out uh, years ago when it was around 34 cents. Uh, currently, it's trading, I think, today at $26. Uh, it's called Chainlink. Uh, it's mainly data about data processing. It's a decentralized data oracles. So you are trying to get information which is being moved from one blockchain to another to become reliable. Uh, like if you are, if it's in derivatives markets, uh, if it's an, if you are running an exchange platform, for example, you don't want to be relying on your price data from one source. So you use data oracles to have data coming from maybe Coinbase. You have an oracle uh, processing prices which are on Coinbase and you have another oracle processing prices which are on Binance. You have another oracle processing prices which are on uh, Kraken. That means if uh, Coinbase is taken out or if Coinbase oracle is compromised, you still have all the other oracles giving you correct data. So that's the concept of oracles in simple terms. And that's what Chainlink is doing. Uh, it's the very first cryptocurrency to have such a, uh, a, a huge, uh, you know, uh, reach. Uh, it's being used currently by nearly every block, blockchain project. They have a partnership with them. So this reflects on how the prices moved from uh, from 34 cents uh, three years ago to $26 today. Uh, and they are doing more interesting stuff, uh, like um, they're trying to strap blockchains to the internet so so that you can have information flowing from the internet into blockchains and vice versa. So it will enable interface between websites communicating with blockchains. Uh, and because that technology, you know, if you get to a point where that is possible, uh, you will control all the data which is flowing in and out as this market grows uh, with smart contracts. Uh, you need reliable data to trigger the smart contracts. So that's what Chainlink is doing, which, which reflects on the partnerships they have uh, they are partnered with Google at the moment. So uh, they are doing data querying uh, stuff with Google, Google Cloud. Uh, I think it was one of the earliest partnerships uh, in crypto uh, between Chainlink and Google. And its price, when that news broke, uh, the price, uh, it hit the roof. I think it went up 500% uh, in less than less than an hour. Uh, because it's a massive and it was a massive endorsement of, uh, you know, the, 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 the technology they have. Uh, they are partnered with Swift, you know, which is used by the banking system, uh, because Swift sees benefit in that. They are also partnered with Intel, which makes computer processors. Uh, they are partnered with, um, Oracle. Uh, and Oracle actually did something more surprising because they've actually made an incubator where they are asking startups to come in. They fund them 
could develop use cases for link oracles, which which is a bit extraordinary because they are actually promoting the technology. It's quite unique in the market. There are now other oracle providers, but the ones which came now, they only uh, were building on, well, they actually were copying the technology which link uh, made. So I think I think it's going to be a very, very big technology as we go forwards, as uh, crypto adoption becomes bigger, as blockchains become part of this financial uh, system. Uh, there's a lot of potential. Uh, I think they are also being used for, for, for weather, you know, weather insurance, where uh, crops, if, if there's a problem with the weather in this particular area and your crops gets damaged uh, because of bad weather, uh, they don't need to have anyone going on the ground to verify it because their oracles are linking are linking to satellites uh, so they can confirm that actually there's bad weather there and they can pay you out before you even uh, make the claim because they already know that uh, your crops are not going to do well because the weather wasn't good and it's verified already using data oracles. So it's it's a useful technology which is not limited only to uh, what we understand. It's quite uh, you know wide. It can be used for nearly anything. Uh, and I always tell people that the world will run on chain link oracles, uh, and that's not even um, making it up. Uh, there was a recent report by Citibank uh, which pointed out that Chainlink could actually end up becoming uh, bigger than Bitcoin in terms of market capitalization. And if you think about it, uh, right now Chainlink is only a mere 11 billion in market capitalization. So if it ends up reaching where Bitcoin is now at 1.7 trillion, I'm not sure, 1.2 or 1.7 trillion for Bitcoin now. Um, If it ends up reaching there, you are multiplying the market, current market capitalization uh, 10, 11 times. So you can see how the value is going to go up if if you do that. So you are looking at those things because they are important. Uh, that's what determines what value a cryptocurrency has and whether it has any future prospects. If you pick out another coin which doesn't have as much utility, uh, you know, it's not going to grow uh, because there won't be much use of it. The world doesn't re- really need it. The world is not going to stop because it's not there. So you are trying to look for the uniqueness of the technology uh, which the, uh, the the set specific cryptocurrency uh, will solve, uh, like Ethereum, for example, big technology. Uh, it will it will run, uh, you know, the world, uh, but it's already expensive. Uh, so why go for Ethereum if you can buy other ones uh, which have equal, you know, equally good technology and a better upside. Thank you. Extremely thorough. And we are drawing towards a close. I would like to uh, ask the last two important questions. But uh, before I do that, just maybe some quick response to what you've said. As someone who personally uh, started off their banking career in stockbroking and in, in shares, I, I personally am young enough to see a lot of parallels. Um, I, I want to think that the portfolio of the future should not go without some form of investment in, in these kind of technologies. So for those people who look at this and say, ah, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, is, ah, these things have to do with the mark of the beast. I, I would really, really encourage that we rethink these things, uh, re-listen to this podcast after we are done, uh, go and read 
I think I like personally to position myself and say I am like an early stage investor into some of these new technologies. And that's why personally I've taken a position in Link. I am not ashamed to say it. It will be part of my retirement plan. So please ask me in the next 20 years if that, uh, if that paid off. Let's treat the last two questions and we'll call it a day. We're doing fabulous with the time. So what are the benefits of a deflationary currency, Bitcoin in this instance in the future? What are your thoughts? You did say that, uh, you know, uh, fiat is inflationary. Uh, what is the benefit of deflationary currency, if we call it that? Well, um, there are some downsides for, for it. Uh, like, we, we still need fiat. We still need our governments to be able to run public services, and they need to be able to fund that, uh, but they need to do it responsibly. Uh, but if you don't want to lose value in your money, uh, they, there are other ways of doing it, which is like buying uh, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, for example, if you are looking in the long term. Uh, the benefits of that is, you know, you, you, your, your, your funds are not going to be affected by local factors. So if, say, for example, you are holding the Zimbabwean dollar and uh, the, 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 the Minister of Finance decides that they, they are going to instruct the Reserve Bank to print money because it's all political, it's all controlled by political actors. Uh, the Reserve Bank can follow what the Minister of Finance tells them because the Minister of Finance makes the budget for the country. They know how much money they will need to use. That money needs to come from somewhere. If they, it's not being raised through tax revenue uh, and all the other uh, areas where the the government can raise money through, then uh, it's going to be raised through printing and it's going to be distributed to everyone. Uh, because when more money is printed, what is in the market already gets devalued uh, because there's more money coming into circulation uh, and possibly low, no, no fewer goods. Uh, in the market to buy so the prices go up uh, so if you want to uh, safeguard your money and make sure that it's not affected by local geographical factors of what's going on in the local economies uh, then uh, cryptocurrencies being deflationary uh, if you invest in the right ones then you are likely to uh, you know safeguard your money and ensure that uh, it's not affected by local geographical factors, and even global as well, uh, because things like uh, when there's a war, uh, the global markets tumble, they react to that. Uh, we are still waiting to see how Bitcoin will react in the next financial meltdown. I think the the Black Swan event where uh, COVID hit uh, and the markets tanked uh, was a good test for it, uh, even though it went down uh, I think Bitcoin went as low as 3,800 or almost 4,000 uh, early last year uh, when the financial markets, uh, you know, uh, took a nosedive. Uh, now uh, it recovered faster than the financial markets. Uh, I, I think Bitcoin went straight above 10,000 before the financial markets even started to recover. But this was a different kind of crisis. It, it was a global pandemic. Uh, we are still yet to wait and see uh, what happens in, a, in another financial crisis, like what happened in 2008, uh, 2009. Uh, and yeah, so I think uh, it, it looks like it's a better way of uh, cushioning yourself from inflation. Uh, in, in, in the local economies.
Lovely. Um, and here's the very, very last question for today. So how does one make money with cryptocurrency? I know you already in some way spoke about capital gains, you've spoken about savings, I and mean, obviously the likelihood over time is it gains. If I have $100 today, I'm more likely than not to have 110 possibly, even you know, uh, double. Uh, but are there other ways of making money with crypto other than buying, holding? Yeah, they, they, um, there are a bit of some riskier ways of doing it. And then there are some ways which are a bit safer. Uh, like, for example, Ethereum is going to move into proof of stake. So it means in order to be able to secure the network, you need to be holding some coins and staking them on a platform uh, which supports staking. Uh, and for just having your coins sitting there and doing nothing, just confirming the transactions, you earn more uh, for doing that. Uh, there are now quite a lot of products uh, out there in the market, uh, like Celsius is a good platform. You can go in there, you can keep your coins in there and earn interest whilst you are doing nothing. Uh, on Binance, you can stake coins as well. Uh, I've seen some ridiculous interest rates on Binance. Uh, I think their, their Binance coin, you can get interest uh, as high as around uh, I think 20, 30, 40%, uh, but I've seen some with uh, 100% interest, uh, some stable coins, you know, you, you can now provide liquidity on uh, some protocols, which I've mentioned, like uh, Uniswap, you, by providing liquidity, you are like enabling people who are buying and selling to, 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 to have that transaction with no slippage. Uh, so you, you, you can make money by just doing that. Uh, I think I, I was seeing one of the platforms where you can, uh, make your, if you have US dollars, you can provide liquidity for someone who wants to cash out in US dollars. You can, you gain doing that. You gain a small amount because as they use the platform, they are paying fees, but these fees are not being taken by anyone but yourself for providing that liquidity service. Uh, so th- there are many ways. There's also derivatives. You can trade cryptocurrency derivatives. Uh, you can long Bitcoin or short Bitcoin if you think it's going to tank. So for those who think, oh, Bitcoin is going to definitely go down, you can put your your money where your mouth is by shorting it uh, or by longing it if you think it's going to go up uh, and you make money as you go up in the derivatives market. Uh, and there is also, yeah, there, there, there are quite a lot of things which are going on there now, which you can, you can, you can take advantage of. Uh, I can't talk about all of them now because it's mind blowing. Uh, things are just cropping up every day. Um, we never thought there were NFTs coming. Uh, well, NFTs have been there for a while now. We've known about them for, for, for years when coins like Engine uh, started to do it with a partnership with Microsoft uh, on, on uh, Minecraft. Uh, NFTs were already there, but they just exploded all of a sudden. So sometimes it's trends. When the trend catches on, uh, people make a lot of money. And some people then end up losing money at the end. Wow, thank you. Well, that's all of the questions we have time for. I want to once again uh, thank uh, Prosper, whom we in our circles just called the professor, and I'm sure you can see why. Um, thank you ever so much for making this time. Thank you for taking us to the basics. It goes without a doubt that it would be very useful for us in the near future uh, to have a uh, uh, 
a second follow-up session where we can go deeper. I know there's still a few other questions around what is stacking. Uh, let me highly, highly recommend that let's uh, re-listen to this one. And then let's also go out and read because obviously you can't read everything in only one and a half hours and there's a minute to go. So I want to thank you for this wonderful, powerful session. We have been recording. We will put it up because some people were asking for the link. We will put it up as usual on www.mari.co.zw and we'll circulate this uh, through WhatsApp in our Telegram group, on Twitter, on our Facebook. And as a parting shot, um, for the sake of those that are more sophisticated among us, uh, perhaps uh, your three or four or five quick shields, Professor, what five um, coins should I think about making sure I get into and hopefully hold on and hopefully make some money uh, in the short, medium, or to long term. Okay. Uh, now, now time for shilling. <laughs> yeah, the, the first, I think what I will mention first is uh, a cryptocurrency called H-Bar. Uh, it's called Hedera. Uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's supported by quite a lot of corporates. Uh, you have companies like Boeing, uh, you've got the standard uh, bank group, South Africa. They're now part of it. Uh, you've got LG, uh, the electronics company. They are part of it. IBM, they are part of it. Uh, you also have Google. They are in there. Uh, so they're in the governing council. A governing council for a blockchain basically on the network. Uh, it's quite a, a very promising project. And at the moment, you can just pick it up for as low as I think today it was trading at some point at 32 cents. So it's like buying Chainlink three years ago, um, but buying it uh, now. So it has very, very high prospects. So it's something uh, I would say you should uh, go and do a bit of research about. And if you like it, uh, maybe you can pick up some. Uh, so this is not investment or financial advice. So don't try to sue me when you lose money. Uh, but uh, it's my, uh, the other one uh, is GRT, the graph. So uh, the graph is like the Google for blockchains, uh, data querying, uh, sound technology. Uh, I, I would liken it to link. I liken it more to link because uh, what they are doing is unique. They are the only ones in the market providing that. I think nearly every blockchain platform will use them. Uh, so that's GRT, the graph. Uh, the other one is Chainlink, which I've already mentioned, uh, and you probably all know. Uh, well, with the graph at the moment, the price is around $1.50, I think. Uh, I shield this one from 37 cents or actually 31 cents uh, end of last year. So some people have already had their windfall from that. Um, then, uh, so I talked about HBAR, GRT and LINK. So chain link, I'm not going to repeat because you already know about what's in there. Uh, the other one is uh, Matic, still very low valued as well. Uh, I think it's on 20, around 32 cents around there. Um, it's a second layer solution to enable Ethereum to scale because Ethereum uh, currently using proof of uh, work. Uh, it's planning to migrate to proof of stake, but that process is going to take long. So in the meantime, people are going to be able to scale using um, using uh, Matic 
which is built on top of Ethereum. Uh, it's the platform which was used, uh, well, it supports the platform which was used by Jack Dorsey when he issued his uh, NFT. So it's, it's quite a sound project uh, built by guys from India. Uh, and the other one, which uh, on the last one, it's a bit of a difficult one to pick there because there are quite a few, uh, but I think I'll go with VET, uh, which is VChain. Uh, it's still very cheap. I think it's six or eight cents right now. Uh, actually, nine cents. I think um, it, it, it's a it's it's a helping the supply chain to be able to track. Uh, say if you've got drugs moving from uh, a pharmaceutical company which is manufacturing them, they are using blockchain for VeChain blockchain to track those medicines right from when they are made until they make it to the customer. So you will know exactly where your medicines have come from, which means you are not going to buy fake uh, medical supplies. Uh, they are doing the same for vegetables. They have a huge partnership with Walmart uh, which was uh, being used to track a few products to begin with, but I hear it's getting spread. Uh, they are expanding to many, many products. And because when they use this blockchain, they'll need to hold the VeChain uh, to be able to pay network fees uh, with uh, linked with the Vito. Uh, that's another crypto part of the VeChain ecosystem. So I think it's got huge adoption and huge potential. So it's something... Uh, you might want to have a look at as well. Uh, but maybe I might as well mention Ethereum. That's a freebie because I wouldn't do justice if I don't uh, tell you about the potential of Ethereum. Uh, in terms of prospects, some people think uh, it might end up hitting 10,000 Ethereum uh, in the coming few years. So if you missed Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum might be something you want to think about. And I think that's it. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. I think I want to echo the sentiments of many people who are just coming into the inbox here. What we normally do is, people, and I literally forgot to do this post, but I'm so sorry. Um, we normally ask people to send uh, the presenter a drink money uh, because they'll be in Zim and we send it via Equal Cash. Last week we had Runyararo. Uh, some of us on SA, we sent him a bit of money with our numbers and accounts. I think in your case, I'll have to ask uh, on the side. Uh, perhaps for um, a QR code and we see whether we can get a, a bit of a few bitcoins or something across to you or some satoshis, not bitcoins because bitcoins are much. Uh, but I want to thank you very much on behalf of everyone here. I see so many kind comments, great stuff, quite, quite an eye opener, great presentations shared. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, please follow him on Twitter at CrossMoon. We've put that into the chat. And uh, Prosper, we look forward to inviting you again just to take us deeper. So I want to, uh, as we draw to a close here, uh, just something to remember, I think Prosper did tell us that when it comes to any coins, whether altcoins or bitcoins, in the same score as Mari Podcast, uh, we took note that when we put out this advert, we also have one or two naughty people that took the chance to get into some of your inboxes. Please, if it's not you, um, if it's not I who has written to you, or perhaps... Uh, Tatenda Zingoni, who is my co-host, uh, or Prosper, I, I, I made to understand that one, a few people had a certain lady visiting in the, in the inboxes. Right, that person does not belong to us. That's a scammer. That's exactly what we're talking about uh, when we're saying <laughs> they're scammers. You mentioned the word cryptocurrency on Twitter. You get all the scammers on you. Uh, I get that. Some people scam me even after <laughs> being in crypto for years. <laughs> 
Absolutely. And I totally agree that uh, you must always be aware of this. Crypto, I never change everything must go direct. Like Prosper said, the whole idea behind it is decentralization. There must be no middleman, save, of course, uh, the genuine platforms that he spoke about. So if you did miss some things, please, we will share the podcast. I take note that people are inboxing and saying, listen, I came in late. We will share on www.mari.co.zw. And in parting, someone is asking again, Prosper's Twitter handle is prosmoon, so P-R-O-S-M-O-O-N. Let's go there and follow him. I follow him personally. Let's continue to learn. And we look forward to meeting up again after a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, uh, when all of us are now uh, showing off portfolios that have uh, VET, Matic, etc. And we're talking the language. We're saying, no, I got a, a 5X. I got a 100X. And um, that's the only X you really need in your life. Not those Xs you have from uh, various uh, poor dating decisions. So on that happy note, I want to thank you, Prosper. I want to thank you very much. And uh, please uh, pass our regards to your wife and to your kids. And thank you for allowing them uh, to, rather thank them for us, for allowing us time with you. We continue to appreciate and we look forward to having you back in the time to come. Cheers. Oh, thank, thank you. you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. As uh, our usual tradition, I will uh, play something here. I've got a song that I was just, uh, you know what we play, isn't it? You know, you know what we play as we leave. So we just share that as we leave. And you are free to, you are free to leave as soon as you are ready. Thank you. Put it on my